Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 173. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 146, The Birthday of Lee Marvin. Hang on. Yeah, and the description on YouTube when I called this up said the uh, title and then had the little tagline, hold on, haven't we been here before? (laughs) And we have. Uh, What was the episode? You even looked it up before the podcast. What was the episode we had before? It was episode 139, The Birthday of Lee Marvin. Okay, though that one... I remember it had Cecil talking mostly, and then Lee Marvin actually made an appearance. This one was Lee Marvin from beginning to end. Right. He was the narrator. He comes on and says, welcome to my birthday. <laughs> and you, yeah. I thought it was a very nice touch, though. They had the intro music, but it was in this very contemplative sort of piano tune. It took me a moment to recognize that it was actually the Welcome to Night Vale tune. Exactly. And that kind of kept up for the whole episode. I actually like there was always like a soft piano tone going in the background. I liked that. But he started it out by talking about the dark planets. And that's the one that we've heard in, what is it, a story about them, a story about you, um, a story. Was there a story about us? There was, but I don't remember if that one had the dark planet. I think it might have. And it repeats the exact same description that comes up every single time. And I've pulled up the uh, Night Vale transcript, so it's here. There is a dark planet of awesome size, lit by no sun, an invisible titan, all thick black forest and jagged mountains and deep turbulent oceans. It is so far away, so desolate, so impossibly, terrifyingly dark. One day we will go there. And that's the thing is that in the story about you and the story about them, People would see it right before they died. Right. But yep. Lee Marvin seems to be seeing it. He definitely doesn't seem to be close to dying, though that seems to be making him kind of sad. Yep. And he... Okay, so he talks about his day for the entire podcast episode. And he keeps having these visions. And I love the visions that he has, where he talks about he's walking in a forest and he starts, the water starts rising and it starts rising up to his calves. And he's surrounded by these trees that are 100 feet around and the water is cool, but the air is warm and the water keeps rising up to his waist, but it's pleasant to walk in it. And I just, I love that imagery. But Yeah, that was beautiful. But other than the visions, what he talks about is his day being the exact same thing every single day and not just him repeating the actions every part of it is the same yeah he goes to have breakfast he says i have the same breakfast every day i don't mean i have a similar breakfast i mean it's the same like the apple that he eats has the same shaped bruise and when he pours cornflakes it's the exact number of cornflakes in the bowl he knows he's counted them even when he hasn't poured the cereal the exact number of cornflakes end up in the bowl and that's just (sighs) There's no variation for him. He talks about going to shop for groceries and he says hi to people that he knows and people he doesn't know, which kind of baffles him a little bit that, you know, he's always been here, always Lee Marvin, always on his 30th birthday. And there are still people that he doesn't know, but they wish him happy birthday. And he says, thank you. But what he's really thinking is, please don't, no more. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he sometimes there's a party and he goes to the party and kind of hits the side of his piece of cake with this fork and then he goes home with his groceries and he throws out the identical groceries that he bought the previous day it's really he says something about you know we weren't meant to last forever and you know because we have boundaries inside we are boundless and he said without boundaries i have no shape and that's 
really the description of his life right now. There is no beginning or end to him. He goes on forever. So he doesn't kind of exist at all, really. Yeah. And I love the phrases that they kept coming up in this. Imagine a clumsy endlessness. Yes. Yes. That was a great one. I wrote that one down, too. That was nice. (laughs) And he's sitting there and he's sitting in his apartment that he's in all the time. And he says, listen outside the window. You can hear the, what is it? The soft rustling of the weather. And we go to the weather. (laughs) Which is the mountain goats this time. Yeah. Uh, This week's uh, weather was Sicilian crest by the mountain goats. And you know, the more I hear of the mountain goats, the more I realize that they're very much a skilled band. It's really good music. I never hear anything that makes me want to go back. I don't know no, why. I, it took me a long time to realize exactly who the Mountain Goats were. And you've heard the song on the Top 40 radio. It's called Up the Wolves, I think. And it's the one where he sings, you know, I'm going to get myself in fighting trim. So, you know, it's kind of got a slightly Irishy kind of sound to it. And so the minute he started singing, I'm like, oh, it's the guy who sings that song. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, this is the Mountain Goats. Of course it's the Mountain Goats. Yes. Because they have a podcast called I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. And they said at the end of the episode today, they mentioned the name of the song, and they said, if you would like to hear Joseph Fink and the creator's name, whose name I can't remember, I apologize, talk uh, for an hour about this song, you should listen to the newest season of I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. And I looked at you and I'm like, I don't need to listen to an hour of that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I'm sure for fans, that's probably a really great podcast, but... Yeah, anyway, so moving right along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, we come back from the weather, and I think the rest of the episode is Lee Marvin talking about all the things that he's never done, and where he's never gone, and he's never sent a letter. He's never done big things like write a book, or led an invading army, or gone down in history. And I mean, in a way, it was almost comforting because it seems like when you have a being that has been around forever, as Lee Marvin did, the number of things that I haven't done is almost exactly equal to the number of things that he hasn't done. There's just one small lifespan of stuff that I've done that he hasn't. I don't know why that would be comforting, but it kind of is. No, it's true. And I sort of wondered if you got the same thing. He's listing all the things that he hasn't done. And it's like, I mean, it's a huge list when you talk about all the things that you've never done. Did it start to sound a little bit like the crazy footnotes in the House of Leaves book by Danielowski when he was talking about this house where the, um, the strange tunnels under the ground, it didn't have doors, it didn't have windows, it didn't have braces, it didn't have arches, it didn't have, you know, and it goes on for like pages about all the things that are part of like architecture that it didn't have. I mean, it's really crazy and very off-putting. And it started to feel a little like that in this episode. A little bit, especially since in House of Leaves, that entire section, uh, it ended with the phrase, think of that and shudder. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So I got creeped out. I don't know if that was their intention, but I definitely got creeped out by that. He also made a comment at one point. He says, they say in an emergency, you should look for the nearest exit. That's all I'm doing. And I'm like, (laughs) he's definitely not good with this endless life that he's living. No, and I do think there is a little bit of an emphasis on the idea that he is looking for the way out. Because his final vision that he talked about was he's climbing a chimney of rock. And the sky is very, very, very far above him. And it's always the same light. It's either always sunset or always sunrise. 
Uh, and far, far below him is cave water that looks deep and very, very cool and clear. And all he has to do to just drop down into that water is to relax for one second, but he can't because he has to climb. He's just kind of inching his way upwards and he knows that he will be climbing for the rest of his life. And I think the rest of his life goes on forever. And that's me. Because it's it's so weird because the elements of water in his vision and and the, the dark planet of, you know, awesome size, those are things that maybe appear in dreams that I have that I really like those kind of elements and that the idea about the dark planet that's a sci-fi image that sometimes it just makes me angry that that's something that we on planet earth will never experience just looking up and seeing another planet right next to earth in the sky Um, right but but yeah that idea of it going on forever no that's part of your and my worst nightmares i think the idea of something Mm -hmm. that goes on forever and ever well the way i looked at it i actually remembered the sandman character whose name i cannot remember and he's the one who he doesn't die just because he found the trick to living forever you just don't die and that's what he always says yeah that was that was hob gadling i think was his name thank you yes i knew you would know the name (laughs) yeah and it felt the same way especially when he said that the only thing he would need to do to drop into that water is just relax for a second so i think he's aware sorry car i think he's aware that he's still a little bit responsible for this endless life because it must be hard i mean God, you know, you live forever and everything, but then you're just like, ugh, but do I actually want to die? So if you had the ability to not do that, it would be hard to let go. It so would be, yeah. Yeah, maybe he's getting closer to it. I don't know, but I, it's so funny. I don't know what it is about the creators of this show, their fascination with Lee Marvin, but it has really become a thing all its own. And it's such an odd thing to fixate on because I've looked up the like IMD page of Lee Marvin and trying to find something in it that would signal why they were inspired to use him as this endless character in these episodes. No, I don't see it. No, no. They even made a mention at one point. He talked about the only car that he's ever owned is a Dodge Durango. And I looked it up. Eh, famously, he had a 1968 Shelby GT 500 KR. I don't know what that means, but I could not find a Dodge Durango anywhere. So, so yeah, so that was that was pretty much the entire episode. Yeah, that was it. That was it was really rambly and uh, quietly disturbing. Yep. And, and poetic. It was almost like an entire episode of poetry, I think. Yeah, very much so. And then we finished the episode. Sorry, there's a lot of traffic going by (laughs) on my street tonight. Sorry. Hey, we have to drink anytime there's traffic noise. So everybody drink. Yay. What are you drinking? Uh, Honey whiskey again. Interestingly enough, I have a latitude 33 degrees honey hips. It is ale brewed with honey and spices. Oh, very nice. Yeah. It tastes like beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't taste a bit of honey in it, and I'm trying, but I don't taste it, but whatever. So we finished the episode, and they had, well, you had said that the episode ended, and they didn't have an advertisement for one of their podcasts. And I'm like, that's really because the whole weather was an advertisement for I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats. Yep, pretty much. And so that was it for Night Vale. So anything else going on in the nerd world this week for you? Well, the only thing that I can think of was this minor bit of news. The new Star Wars trailer dropped. (laughs) I liked it. I did think her little jump in the beginning was a little goofy. I mean, it was dramatic and everything, but there was something about it. I'm like, "Mm, 
and I, I might have done that and made it look a little better. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just, I mean, they, they really want to try to push the limits of what Jedi are capable of. But true, true, sometimes true. it seems like it's a touch much. I mean, what they did in The Last Jedi with Luke and how he managed to stand up against all of those laser blasts and then the smoke clears and he just kind of brushes the dust off his jacket. That was brilliant. I love yes. that because it it was a scary example of how powerful a Jedi is, but it wasn't the kind of power that you thought it was. Right, exactly. That's, I mean, you thought it was one thing and then it turned out to be something completely different. Um, so not on a Jedi related note, but I do have to ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw the conversation. We've got this uh, board on Facebook where some of us like friends of Leland end up talking. And I mentioned this there. So for Fan Art Friday, I figured since the trailer dropped on Friday, I would look for some Star Wars fan art, and I ran across the Raylo shippers. Uh-huh. Have you heard of them? I have heard of them, yes. There uh, you go. I am not a fan. No, I, I don't believe in it either. For anybody who actually has a life, um, <laughs> it's the people who ship Ray and Kylo Ren. And I don't think that's a good ship. I thought the moment in The Last Jedi where he was standing there shirtless was an awkward scene. And I didn't (laughs) find it had any sexual tension whatsoever. But my God, these guys are so convinced that that beginning scene, that's him in the, um, they call it a a tie silencer, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. That's him in the tie silencer coming at her and he is not fighting with her. It's a training exercise because they're working together. And they are so convinced of this, they are all celebrating. I mean, they are 100%. So you heard it here uh, first, second, I don't know. But anyway, I was like, really? I really thought that it was like a climactic battle type of scene. I just, I mean, I'm not even, well, I can sort of see why people want to ship Ray and Kylo, but... If there's anything that doesn't work for me in the new Star Wars movie, it's Kylo Ren being a tragic figure, you know, maybe to be redeemed, anything like that. I'm sorry, he's done very little but whine in the first two movies. I mean, so much whining. True. And he killed, uh, spoilers, he killed Han Solo. So (laughs) I can't really... I'm so sorry. I can't have a lot of sympathy, but my God, the Raylo shippers. Oh my God, the Raylo shippers. Holy cow. I knew that they'd be out there because if we've experienced it, any two characters will be paired by somebody. I had no idea it was that big a thing. You posted a very nice picture for Fan Art Friday of the uh, that particular ship, and I decided I was going to use my Google Foo, and I was going to find the artist because I've done that before, and that always makes me feel so successful. There's millions of drawings oh now God. of that pairing. I I just like I'm scrolling through, scrolling through. I'm even trying to find something that looks like a similar artwork, so maybe I can identify mm-hmm. the artist. I mean, checking nope. on Deviant Art, checking on Google. It's not that it's hard to find that ship. There's just too much of it to go through. Oh yeah, I did a reverse image search through Google, which is usually, you know, that's usually all you need. Anybody who says that they couldn't find the artist to give them credit, I say nine times out of ten, that's BS. You do a reverse Google image search, you can find the original artist. It'll take you like five minutes. Um, in this case, I'm coming up empty. So if you go to our Facebook page uh, or you can go to Binary System Pod on Twitter, a lot of people have retweeted that image so far. 
And by a lot, I mean like six. That's a lot for our page, but you know. <laughs> but I, I've asked for help. I'm like, help me find the artist. I suspect it's probably an Asian artist because then you get into areas of the internet that are not always connected to other areas of the internet. So that might be what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and it's really pretty. And I get the idea maybe if you could speak the Asian language in which the artist actually drew it in, you might be able to decipher their signature. Because I took a close yes. look at that signature. I couldn't really even 100% sure identify a letter of that signature. No, me neither. I did try. But, you know, anyway, it's really pretty. I like that style. And I would like to see them draw ships that I care about. Sorry, Rayla Shivers. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was, that was fun for Fan Off Friday. That was good. And we need to... We, we get kind of bad about that every once in a while, I've been noticing, which is sad considering how much we love fan art. We really do. I mean, if you guys ever took, like, scroll through any of our podcast episodes, and we will probably have some recommendation in there of something that we want to see in fan art. If one of you guys did something like that randomly, we would probably send you money. I don't know how much, yeah. but we would be so pleased. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just... That's the thing I love. I mean, fan art and fan fiction is it's the version of the world that you would really like to see and to have someone create it. Oh, it's just, it's lovely. It's very neat. Which makes it very cool that a fan art archive has gotten a nomination for related works for the Hugo this year. I think that is just such an odd thing, but kudos to you guys. This archive of our own has gotten the nomination. Ah, and you just said it was a fan art archive. It's actually a fan fiction Sorry, archive. Sorry, fan so fiction there's... archive. Fan art <laughs> is next year. <laughs> For sure. Oh god, that would be amazing. But there isn't really a fan art archive the same way, is there? It's basically called the internet. Yes, but... the internet. It's everywhere. But I didn't have anything else Star Wars related, but I did want to ask you, did Hannah get you to start watching The Good Place? Not yet. I... Oh, Oh, I've got so many things I need to catch up on. I've only watched the first episode of Russian Doll, so I need to watch that. And I do need to watch yeah. The Good Place. And I got to finish the Doctor Who season that wrapped up several months ago that I still yeah. only watched like three episodes of. Oh, yeah. And Umbrella Academy. You should probably watch that. Yes. And um, we only have like three or four episodes left of Narcos Mexico. And I really want to watch <sighs> the rest of that because it seems like I think the main character is going to be like turning completely Pablo Escobar before the end of this series. That that Ooh. seems to be the arc of the character. I haven't even finished watching the original uh, Narcos. I got through to Pablo Escobar's final episode spoilers for something that happened back in the 70s. But still, you know, I like not knowing about history because I'm constantly surprised by these great TV shows that I see. But I thought the third season of the original Narcos episode was good. Um... It's hard to be as compelling without Escobar, actually, yes. because, you know, yes. he was such a larger than life figure. But all these guys are larger than life in a way. I mean, even yeah. the people hunting them in a way are larger than life. And uh, you're, you're definitely seeing a lot of that in the Narcos Mexico series, I think. Well, instead of catching up on things that I've been meaning to catch up on, I began watching The Good Place because Hannah showed me like the first three episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I put it aside for six months. And then I picked it up and ended up binging through the rest of them in two days. They're only 20 to 25 minutes long. And there's only 13 episodes in the first season. I just finished up the first season. It did not end the way I was expecting it to end. And that is all I'm going to say, except for the fact that it's a goofy show, 
but you and I don't usually have a lot of patience for goofy shows, but you will be fine with this one. So Okay, so that's a good that. recommendation, because you're right. Yeah. I, are, are we a stick in the mud kind of thing that we don't like comedies most of the time? We're definitely not up for rom-coms most of the time. And no, I'm trying to remember, no. like, the last comedy that I watched at all religiously was Friends. And God, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I have friends who drag me to rom-coms or comedies every once in a while, and I always enjoy them when I see them, but I don't seek them out. But this, I think it's because it's it's actually surprisingly dark in places. It will get a little, not like not like gore or anything like that, but just the nature of what it's talking about will get dark sometimes. I think that helps. And I don't know. It's... It's interesting, so I do recommend it. And it's also pretty easy to get into. I mean, with only... I like this thing. You know, we try and keep our episodes pretty short. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, listeners, all five of you, um, what do you think? Because I see some podcasts out there that are like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Do people like that? Because I don't. I like a short episode. And even, I mean, I love um, My Dad Wrote a Porno and No Such Thing as a Fish. I love these things, but I enjoy the fact that they keep them well under an hour. Is that weird? Which is odd because most of the time I, you know, I see a podcast coming up for something that I haven't tried before. And I see it's an hour, an hour and a half. And I go, oh, I can't believe that. But I'll tell you, when um, the podcast No Such Thing as a Fish or Worst Foot Forward, I get a little disappointed when I see that it's under 40 minutes. I want it to be longer. Oh, interesting. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just, if it's a podcast that I genuinely enjoy, I want it to be long. And if I don't, I want it to be short. But if I don't enjoy it, why the hell am I listening to it? So I don't know. Um, the Transmissions podcast is a Transformers podcast. Ah, they're like an hour to two hours. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. It's just a little much for me. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe the people who listen to an hour and a half long podcast are the people that can read a Transformers comic and not have to resort to Transformers Wiki to figure out what the <laughs> hell is going on. Honestly, that's probably true, which actually, the last thing I wanted to mention is I did read Transformers issue three, which uh, time of this episode's drops came out yesterday, but I just read it and I'll put up a review tomorrow. Time is weird. Um, I, don't, it's, I think it may be growing on me. The art seems to be, but they have two different artists in every issue. It's the same two artists. At first, I liked, I think Cachet is the name, the first name of the person. I know it has an accent over it. Um, I liked that better, but now I like the other, and I believe that's Angel Hernandez. And um, I don't know. I, I don't quite love it the way I loved Alex Milne. I've been trying not to do that on my reviews because this is a new thing and I shouldn't compare it to them. But I'll be honest, I, I haven't found anything that I really love about it yet. I remember when I started reading More Than Meets the Eye, I'm pretty sure it was like issue three before it really jumped out. And it was like issue four before I decided, well, this is what I will be reading until they stop making it. So right. it can take a little while to get in. I guess. Um, what, but was that the storyline about Ratchet's hands? Was that that arc that was in there? Or was it before that? No, those two issues three and four, that was Ratchet and Drift and... Pipes, I think, traveling to a Autobot outpost and running into that bizarre disease that made everybody bleed rust out of their eyes. Oh, God, yes. You're right. That was absolutely right then. Having read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in. But it was also just the end of that episode. Episode. I keep doing that. The end of that issue. 
I really liked how they ended it because they'd been telegraphing it for quite some time. But then you saw the ending, you're like, oh, well, yeah, that that was perfect. (laughs) Man alive. But yeah, anyway, I'm hoping for the best on that one. So I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixeladyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the photo galleries. We got like, uh, I want to say eight photo galleries. I don't know. I still haven't gotten the photos from my friend Alex yet, but we didn't pay for him to go to uh, WonderCon this year. So he can get me the photos whenever he wants. That's fine. Some excellent photos in those galleries. Let me tell you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Nathan, we got his photos from the Doctor Who one. And there were so many good ones that Nathan got of that Doctor Who meetup. There was just... A lot of talent going on in that, and he got very good photos of So make sure to check out all of that and more, pixeladygeek.com. I don't know. I mean, we're just now catching up on this episode, which dropped when? Um, today. Oh, wow. So we're actually caught up with Night Vale? We oh my really goodness. are. So we're going to have to think of something else to do next week, but... I don't know. Maybe I should just like start watching some of the, you know, finish Russian Doll. There, I will go ahead and do that. And we can talk about that next week. Yeah. Or, or, you know what we could do? What's that? We could actually see the How to Train Your Dragon movie that we still haven't seen. Uh, is it in the theaters yet? I don't still? know. I, I, yeah, yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yet. Yeah. Still? I have no idea. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the hell happened. I think it's because I'm so nervous about it. I know it's going to be good. I have talked to people who said they liked it better than the second one, even though they loved the second one. So, yeah, I guess I guess <sighs> I just know that I'm going to cry. <laughs> I can't psych myself up to that yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, maybe we'll do that, too. I don't know. There's so much stuff we need to catch up on. We will have something to talk about. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you later. Sorry, you froze. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Weird. You haven't yeah, at all this entire time. Oh, amazing.